Dynasty Theory is now a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, and we could not be more excited. Tune in each and every week when we provide actionable advice to help you navigate through the crazy world of Dynasty Fantasy Football. We're always diving into quickly changing values, market inefficiencies, and opportunities to help you build those dynasties. Make sure you also check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Enjoy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan, Matt, and Ryan, and we are celebrating Thanksgiving, at least here in America. I know we have some uh, Canadian fans that uh, listen to the show, so uh, I guess happy week 11 to those. I think we have... You don't think we have fans in like I don't know Australia or maybe we need to England, find out, huh? If you're if you're on Twitter, uh, we're at DLF Podcast. Let us know where you're from. Where are you listening from? We want to find the find those that are farthest away, I guess. But we, the three of us, are in the United States, and we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving this weekend, <laughs> this week. Uh, but well, Matt's but in California. A- <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> More than that, though, we're celebrating uh, week 11 of the of the NFL schedule. And I guess it was an up and down weekend for for most of us in the yeah. dynasty community. Ryan, uh, how'd your teams fare? Uh, ended up having a great week fantasy wise, but there. Yeah. Uh, ups and downs is certainly right. The first slate was was kind of ugly on uh on Sunday morning, and then and then things improved from there. Some of some of the players I was counting on stepped up in the in the later games and in the in the primetime games. Yeah, and Matt, it started on Thursday night with the Tennessee Titans game. Uh, they played well. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say, Dan. Like, it's made time to become a, a Titans fan. They're more exciting than the. Packers. I'm certainly going to root except for, for that one guy. Except for that one guy. So there's one player on the Packers that are we're going to talk about that's pretty exciting. Yeah, pretty exciting indeed. We uh, I wish there was some time to talk about the Titans because if you're a, just a football fan, they are a fun team to watch. Uh, I love the play-action game and the creativity that's now coming of it. And we, we have a rookie receiver that we'll get to here shortly. In fact, uh, we should we should get to the show. The Startup. Guys, I don't know about you, but for months, all I heard about was, yeah, the 2022 rookie class, it's fine. There's there's a couple good players, but wait till 2023. This 2022 class is stacked. We got elite running backs. I know there wasn't the, the star tight end and there wasn't the elite quarterback that, that we've been kind of accustomed to, but we got two stud running backs, and one of them, of course, Brees Hall is hurt, and then... Just a plethora of wide receivers. These guys, it didn't matter what round they were taking in either. They're coming through for us. The first round guys certainly are. Now the second round guys in the second half of their rookie season, they're coming around. And Ryan, we have five rookie wide receiver ones scoring at least 18 PPR fantasy points in week 11. If you if you invested in a rookie wide receiver, you're probably pretty happy at this point. Yeah, and and this class, I mean, we can go back 
months and months, but this class, as you as you suggested, Dan, just got put down uh, the the entire way through because it wasn't wasn't quite as good as as the past couple of years. It didn't look like it would be quite as good as 2023. Maybe not even close to as good, but uh, it is it is proven to be uh, very solid for sure, especially that wide receiver group and. You know, I've started to see questions of should I trade this rookie wide receiver, you know, Traylon Burks or or Garrett Wilson or, or whoever, some of those guys that were that were first round picks. Should I trade those players for 2023 first rounders? And um, it seems like those answers are starting to shift in in the players direction. Yeah, it, it's the age old question for dynasty managers the guy who's already doing it in the NFL or the guy that might do it in the NFL at this level in the future. I think this class, man, is stacked with talent and really dripping with upside. Guys that have wide receiver one fantasy appeal, at least at least in the long run with their upside. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good reminder, uh, especially with that Packers receiver, that we need to be patient with these guys. You know, we expect them to come out and just be ready to go from week one. And that's just not the case. We have plenty of data that says that these, especially at the wide receiver position, these rookies really start to pick it up over the second half of the season. I mean, we had Jahan Dotson come out, you know, week one and two, score three touchdowns in his first two games and been hurt the rest of the way. Um, But, you know, for the most part, these guys take a little bit to develop. And uh, a lot of these guys really have started to develop. They certainly have. And, you know, you mentioned that, that we've gotten to the point where we think these guys should should come through right away in week one of their rookie season. You know, it wasn't that long ago, guys, that we had to wait for year three of a young wide receiver before they really started to contribute to your dynasty roster. And now we're to the point where we're greedy. We want these guys to be Justin Jefferson. And even he had to wait because of that coaching staff a few weeks at least. We want them to be Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell. These guys that instantly become wide receiver twos and with that wide receiver one upside it really feels to me and before we get to these guys that that really played well in in week 11 I was thinking about this today it feels to me like like the wide receiver position is is filling up with young talent so quickly at this point that it is it is slowly becoming the running back position where guys will come into the league and immediately make an impact in their rookie season. Maybe, maybe not till the second half of their rookie season. And there are so many run, wide receivers coming into the league every single year to replace them that their their career, especially for guys who peak as a wide receiver two or three, might not last as long as they have in the past. Maybe I'm overanalyzing it just a little bit, but. There's so much talent every year, and Ryan, we mentioned the 2023 class. There's so much talent there that we're expecting to to take the place of of some of these aging wide receivers. But the truth is, there's only two or three or four spots on every NFL team for a wide receiver, and really there's only one or two that are going to be fantasy relevant every single season. If we continue to get six, eight, ten wide receivers every year that we're excited about, there's not enough spots for them all to be productive. Yeah, you hit on a couple things that I think are important there. The the patience, first of all. I mean, just over the past few weeks, we've started to see a guy like Terrace Marshall. Uh, I don't I don't want to say breakout, but uh, start to play well, playing a larger role for the Panthers. 
after a, a tough rookie year last season. And many people, myself included, gave up on him after a quiet rookie season. And um, yeah, as you said, not everybody is going to be Justin Jefferson or, or Jamar Chase making that instant impact. Um, as far as the um, just the the churn, right? That's really what it is. Is and the volume of wide receivers, just the amount of good wide receivers that are coming into the league every year that we have uh, on a year in and year out basis. Um, that has to be a huge part of, of dynasty team building strategy. Whether that pushes you towards running backs because of that volume, uh, I think that's kind of the big decision to make. But how how are you as a dynasty manager? going to address the depth of the wide receiver position, knowing that you can get a guy like, you know, Brandon Ayuk, who's a, a solid fantasy starter, wide receiver two or three. He's going to be in the wide receiver 40 or even 50 range um, by the time this these 2023 rookies get into the league. I, I think that... <sighs> It's tough because I agree. It's like on, on the surface level, it feels like we're getting all these young receivers and there's just not enough spots for them. And every year we say that, you know, pick other positions because wide receiver is so deep. But I mean, really, when you look down to it on a week to week basis, I feel like there's maybe 25 to 30 that you feel comfortable clicking that box on. I mean, you get down to wide receiver 25 and at least in Dynasty ADP, you're talking about Cortland Sutton, talking about Mike Williams, who never plays talking about Jerry Judy, a wide receiver 30, Allen Robinson, a wide receiver 31. Like these guys are not not players that you want to plug into your lineup every single season. So I say bring on the youth, bring on the rookies. And uh, I, I just, I just hope we add more to that group that we want to play every week. Most leagues are starting at least 36 wide receivers every week, and most of the leagues we play in, are you can start five or six of them. So, yes, we there is there is a depth to the position, but the reliable players at the position I think are a little bit shallower than we necessarily. Think. So let's get to some of the players that really blew up in week 11, and it starts. With the wide receiver one in the 2022 class, Chris Olave, wide receiver for the Saints, wide receiver six on the week, and we're recording pre-Monday night football this week, so forgive me if somebody blows up on Monday night. 21.2 PPR fantasy points, five catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. Guys, I watched that touchdown catch, the deep ball, uh, up the seam, over the top. I watched that play five or six times in a row today because that guy, he's sneaky fast. Like, I know he's fast. Everybody knows he's fast. Those corners know he's fast. But, like, he's got, he's got like, these subtle little uh, head fakes and, and uh, hip turns and stuff like that in his routes that make these defenders think, oh, here comes that, that out route. Here comes that deep over. And they stutter. They wait, and he can get over the top of the... He reminds me a little bit of Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle has a lot of that, where he just beats you underneath, beats you underneath, beats you in the short to intermediate range, and then hits you over the top. And if Alave is going to do this regularly, and his, his stat line was great, but it really could have been better, honestly, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh... If he's gonna if he's gonna continue to be this underneath option that that gets one or two shots down the field, the sky is the limit for his dynasty ADP, which certainly which currently rests at twenty one overall in wide receiver twelve. 
I kind of think that, I mean, it's really nice to see him being able to do this with Andy Dalton, but like, you know, all off season, we talked about after the, after the draft, we talked about how, you know, this is that he seems like the perfect match for a guy like Jameis Winston sure. who wants to go down the down the field. And that part of his game has been unlocked a little bit. Uh, but Dalton is, certainly has his limitations in that regard. So being able to see him get uh, work these short area parts of the field and get production from that that direction, uh, it just makes you think about the upside that it could be with a quarterback who's going to push it down the field more. So uh, yeah, he's the wide receiver one in this class pretty easily, I think. And belongs as a wide receiver one in dynasty. In fact, in in redraft, I would say he's going to be a high-end wide receiver, too, going into next season for sure. And we don't even know if he has like an Amon Ra, St. Brown type finish to his rookie season, which could be coming, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've seen everything that we need to uh, from Alave to, to know how to value him. Um I put him in the same range as guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, dynasty value-wise, C.D. Lamb. I mean, to me, he's a first-round dynasty startup pick. Uh, We haven't seen his ADP get to that point yet. So if you're getting him in the second round uh, or or second-round evaluation from from a trade, I think you're you're getting a steal at that point because I do expect expect him to get into the first round of off-season dynasty startups. And – um, what really sets him apart from the other guys that we'll talk about today who, who played well in, uh, in week 11 is that consistency. He's the one rookie wide receiver who has basically done it all season long where some of the others are just starting to play well or uh, coming back from injury or, or what have you. Alave is the one who's been there essentially since the beginning of the season. And what I meant when I said that really he could have had a bigger game for some reason, that Saints coaching staff let Jarvis Landry Landry run some routes in two wide receiver sets, and Alave came off the field. Jarvis Landry caught back-to-back catches, including a touchdown in that game, and Chris Alave wasn't on the field for those plays. So why the heck isn't Alave running that route? He should have he should have been the slot. In fact, he would have been had Landry still been hurt. Those opportunities should go to the rookie. Let's move on to the next guy. And the next guy we talked about in this segment last week, it's Christian Watson. Matt, you mentioned him. He's that rookie wide receiver that too many dynasty managers, and I won't say we in this case because it certainly wasn't me, gave up on too early. Wide receiver seven on the week, another 21.1 PPR fantasy points, four catches, 48 yards, and two touchdowns. Also had a carry in this game. The Packers are creating opportunities and they need him desperately he has an ADP of 120 overall at wide receiver 58 and caught five touchdowns in the last two games he's a big play waiting to happen yeah he just he still has those drops you know like those two drops in the first quarter those were brutal but he cleaned it up Rodgers started looking his way but he's still not I I feel like Rodgers still doesn't quite trust him you know, we still see a Lazard with 11 targets doubling up, but he has to. He's the only playmaker in the passing game. They're clearly not going to use Aaron Jones that way. Uh, and he's the only other playmaker they have really in the offense. So get this guy more targets, uh, get him on the same page with Rodgers. And, you know, m- maybe we make a late season push. It seems unlikely at this point, Dan, that we're going to be able to grab that seventh playoff spot. But uh, he's the key to it if we The are. most important thing is for dynasty managers, he needs to stay on the field, stay healthy, 
and keep getting these splash plays, the, these opportunities in the end zone, uh, because he's that he's that freak that that size, speed, um, jumping ability, all that stuff. He's that guy that could could become the next big thing if it all melds together. We'll see if it does. Speaking of melding together, for a moment there, Ryan, your guy, Wandale Robinson. Uh, man, he looked good on Sunday um, yeah. in that game, running the slot like a true pro. Wide receiver eight on the week, 19.4 PPR fantasy points, nine catches on 13 targets, hit triple figures, 100 receiving yards, also had a carry in this game as well. The injury is brutal, and we can get to that. But first of all, we should mention that this is what you and a lot of dynasty managers have been waiting for, for for really the keys to the slot to be handed over to Wandale so he could run those whip routes underneath, catch the ball, and make something happen after the catch. And he did it brilliantly for a couple of quarters and two and a half quarters. Actually, it was early in the second in the second half, right, that he got hurt. It, that that sucks for Wandale, but man, did he look good until the injury. Yeah, he certainly did. And and Robinson, Wandale Robinson, is, is different from a lot of these other guys that we're going to talk about, uh, obviously because of the injury that now factors into how we have to value him in dynasty leagues and questions about will he be ready for the start of next season, all of those things that are certainly going to impact his, his dynasty value this offseason. Uh, but unlike Christian Watson and and some of the other guys, Wandale is not going to be the wide receiver one on that team. At least he shouldn't be. Um, but you're right. He can he can dominate in the slot, and he can do a lot with those targets. But ideally, he's your second option in that passing game. And, and that has to impact his value as well. Uh, the thing about him compared to Olave and Watson and, and everyone else is he didn't have that value. He was a second-round rookie pick. Um, he, he's been a little cheaper. He's been a little undervalued. Um, so this is just kind of the, uh, the highs and lows. Uh, we're, we're seeing, seeing it really all in one day that he has this career game and, and then tears up his knee, uh, you know, just a, a couple quarters later. The, maybe the silver lining in the Wandale injury is that it might be early enough that he can get back to training camp, get back on the field early in 2023, and continue to show that, that he can be a dominant force in the slot. The last couple rookies we need to talk about here uh, both finished uh, as of Monday night, pre-Monday night football, in the top 10 among wide receivers. George Pickens, the Steelers' rookie wide receiver, wide receiver 9 with 18.3 fantasy points, four catches for 83 yards and a touchdown on six targets. Also, Traylon Burks on Thursday night. Man, did he look good. That's the Traylon Burks that we were excited about coming out of college. Wide receiver 10, 18.1 fantasy points, seven catches for 111 yards. And those two catches, like one of the first plays of the game, early in the game where they set the tone with that play over the top. And then the final, the the real final play, the nail in the coffin of that game, right before the two-minute warning, they take the deep shot against a very good corner in Jair Alexander. And he just gets over him and makes a contested catch. That's Traylon Burks through and through. They mixed in a bunch of bubble screens and opportunities around the line of scrimmage. But these two guys, Burks and Pickens, Matt, they're two different receivers, but they're equally exciting for dynasty managers. 
Yeah, I'll touch on Burks because he's somebody, you know, a little bit like Watson. I would say a little bit less raw than Watson coming out. But we thought he was going to be a player that they were going to have to manufacture touches for early. Um, a player whose route tree is, is certainly not complete. But in that game on Thursday night, he ran some pretty crisp routes and Tannehill hit him when he got open. So very exciting for him to get that athleticism on display. Uh, and then the physicality, uh, which is which was one of my favorite parts of his game. Now you're combining that with a player who's learning to run routes. And uh, we have something pretty exciting here. Yeah, and as far as, as, far as Pickens goes, um, it, uh, another good game for him, obviously. But it kind of feels like it's a continuation of what we've seen. I talked about the consistency of Alave earlier. Uh, Pickens is just kind of one step behind that. And I, I think you know, expanding here, the bigger story is, is Pickens is the wide receiver one on this team. You look at Deontay yeah. Johnson's stat line. And um, I mean, I was, I was a huge fan of Deontay Johnson, especially this off season. And he's just, he's been one of the biggest bust in fantasy football. Wide receiver 22 is his best finish on the season uh, or, or anytime this week, this season. Uh, and 84 yards is this, is this season high. So uh, Deontay, Johnson is is taking a step back and George Pickens is the guy to have there in Pittsburgh. So I think we'll continue to see him step up and be more consistent as that top option in Pittsburgh. Sleeper stash of the week. Yeah, it's time for the sleeper stash of the week where we take a look at a player outside the top 200 in dynasty ADP that you should consider stashing and Ryan you had the stash of the week this this week brought to you by Sleeper. I did. This guy is way outside of our top 200, 254 overall. He's the wide receiver 107 in our latest ADP. It is Demarcus Robinson of the Baltimore Ravens. Had a really nice week this week, uh, this past week. Nine catches on nine targets, 128 yards. He was a wide receiver one as well. Um top five overall, actually. And it's, this is not just a one-week fluke. You know, since Rashad Bateman went out of the lineup, Mark Andrews has been banged up. They need somebody to step up. Devin Duvernay's played well when given a chance as well. Uh, but Robinson's averaging seven targets over the past three weeks, uh, seven targets per game over the past three weeks. I think we'll continue to see him uh, be that wide receiver three, that flex option for the rest of this season and likely available on many of those dynasty waiver wires. Yeah. So Demarcus Robinson is your stash of the week brought to you by sleeper fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. It is built around a mobile interface. So it's easy to do everything league related from your mobile phone, no matter how complicated your league or how many leagues you play in. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. We've done a couple of these where they were position-specific mock drafts. So, Matt, this week we decided to do a quarterback-only draft where we pretty much create our rankings, right, for for quarterbacks in Dynasty Leagues. And uh, we're going to do it in draft format. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a position I think has had a bunch of shakeup at the position, so it feels feels like the time to not only update our ranks but 
figure out how the three of us value these guys. I completely agree. So let's kick the draft off right away. Ryan, you had the 101. I drew the second pick. And then, Matt, you are number three. We'll try to get as many picks as we can in. Ryan, go ahead and take it away. I think there's a couple of options, uh, even with that top spot. But I'm going to stick with Josh Allen, uh, even after a, a quiet couple of weeks. I uh, still still value him as the QB one in Dynasty. Yeah, I think that I think it's a conversation, right? We should we should talk yep. about who would be number one. Personally, I had Allen at the top as well. That rushing upside certainly certainly unlocks an extra gear, an extra uh, you know floor for sure. And Allen, although he he seems like maybe that that injury is more. Um, more impactful than maybe they've been letting on there in uh, Buffalo. I think the long-term upside is the highest with Josh Allen. So I would have taken Allen as well. My second guy, and I think this is a conversation for many as well, I considered a couple. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes, uh, still just 27 years old, and a guy that has already proven himself at that elite level. I think this is going to last six, eight, 10, 12, 14 more years. So if you get a chance to get Patrick Mahomes, especially in a super flex league, you got to take it. Yeah, I think Mahomes is, for me anyway, uh, a little bit of spoiler alert maybe, but for me, he's the only one in this top tier of quarterbacks that I'm that, that doesn't have a ton of rushing upside. I mean, he does rush, obviously. Uh, we saw him a couple of weeks ago have, uh, I think, a 60 or 70-yard rushing game. Um, this week, we, we saw a little bit more uh, as, as well, not quite as much, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, he's, he's kind of the more pocket passer from these top guys, so he's the only one that fits in. For me, I'm going back Back to Lamar Jackson. He's been my quarterback one for a couple of years now. I know he's had a, a kind of a slow couple of weeks here, a few weeks since after that like red hot start he had. Um, we have to remember that his weapons have gotten hurt. Bateman wasn't healthy, then he was healthy, and then he got hurt for, out for the season. Mark Andrews has been banged up. Um, and there's, I mean, we talk about teams that have bad wide receiver groups. After Rashad Bateman, we're talking about Devon Duvernay as their top wide receiver. So if they ever get this guy some weapons, we're going to see this combination of of rushing and passing upside really take off. And I still think that if, you know, all things considered, all things equal, I think he has the most weekly upside from any quarterback. So I'm going to take Jackson here at three. Matt, going back to what you said about Mahomes there, I, I really think, and and we can comment on what you, what you said about Lamar as well, I really think that Mahomes, he proved to he's me. Safe. Yeah, he's safe. And he proved to me this so year safe. without Tyreek Hill that with only one elite pass catcher there in Kelsey, he's still going to put up those passing numbers. And maybe that created this this opportunity for him to pick up that first down here and there. He reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers earlier in his career in that way, where sure. he's athletic yeah. enough to make the play, but he'd prefer to do it with his arm and not put his body at risk. I love that about him, and I know you've talked a lot recently about these running quarterbacks and how it's been proven that they're not as injury uh, as as easy to be injured as as maybe most of us perceive. But in my head, that still lingers. I always think, I have Lamar on teams, and every time he runs, I, I'm yelling at him to get down. 
slide, <laughs> go out of bounds. You got the first down. You got what we need. Uh, let's let's get to the next play healthy. His injury last year it it hurt me bad. Speaking of hurt, uh, Ryan, you're up at 104. Yeah, you, you maybe you took a peek at my rankings. I am yeah. taking Jalen Hurts here, and um, you know Matt Matt mentioned a shakeup, and this is not necessarily a shakeup over the past couple weeks, but it certainly is uh, over this season where Jalen Hurts was was not viewed by most as a top five dynasty quarterback, even though we had these very high expectations for what uh, what his production could be this season. It it just feels like. Um, it feels like he submitted himself as one of these top fantasy options. You know, maybe, maybe the passing is still a little bit of a question, but having, having AJ Brown to throw to definitely helps. So for me, he's moved ahead of, uh, some of the other guys who were ranked ahead of him earlier Pers- this season. Personally, I had Hertz in the three spot, um, but I I don't have any problem with somebody taking Lamar. Obviously, uh, it feels like there's a tier here, and we're all working inside of it. The next the next spot is an interesting one to me uh, at five because I feel like you're getting the same player at six. Uh, it, it's really a flip of a coin. You could take either of these guys. I personally have Joe Burrow just a just a tick ahead of the other options. So. I'm going to take Burrow at five. I, I love the options. I love that offense. I love I love the uh, the receivers that he has. And I guess that's the that's the tiebreaker for me when you have Jamar Chase and T Higgins. That's better than any duo in the league. So I'll take the guy throwing the ball to those guys at five. Yeah, I think we're. I don't think I'm taking who you think. Oh, I'm really? Here because I actually have. I actually have Burrow down at at the eight spot. Okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm pushing up these rushing quarterbacks, and there's there's two here that I think are still deserve picking, and I have Kyler Murray just a hair above uh, another player. So I'm going to put Kyler Murray here at six. I just think that these players. We talk about the the ceiling that these rushing quarterbacks have, but we also have to remember that that rushing brings up the floor of them too. I mean, if you have two of these rushing quarterbacks in a super flex format, you can almost pencil in 50 points a week. They run for 60 yards. That's as good as a passing touchdown. That brings that floor up if they do have a bad game from a passing standpoint. Um, and Kyler has been certainly been up and down this season, but um, I think still he still has that upside. I think he has a hundred yard rushing game this season uh, as well. So. Um, he is slightly ahead of uh, maybe a more exciting Russian quarterback that has broke out this season that I feel like Ryan's going to take right now. Yeah, I don't think I will. Uh, I think you, oh, okay. you, you surprised Dan, so I'm going to surprise you. Uh, I'm going to go with Justin yeah. Herbert here. Um, you know, Herbert and Murray have both. I mean, when I talked about Jalen Hurts moving ahead of guys, this is who we're talking about, obviously, that that both Murray and Herbert were valued as top five dynasty quarterbacks heading into the season for different reasons. They've lost, uh, lost dynasty value. Honestly, I'm, I'm more worried about Kyler than I am about Herbert at this point. To me, the Herbert issue is his receivers have been banged up and, and missed much of the season. Uh, maybe there's some questions about that coaching staff. If you talk to a Chargers fan, they would tell you there definitely are, are a lot of questions there. Um, but, I mean, he's 24 years old, and I think he's one of the best passers in the league. Uh, I, I love getting him here at seven. Yeah, that's a that's a steal. That's the guy I considered against Burrow at five. Um, I'm, I'm glad Matt took 
Murray at six, so I didn't have to consider him down down the board a little farther. Uh, and maybe that's a little bit of recency bias on, on my part. I'm on the clock at number eight, and I'm not going to take the breakout rushing quarterback that you were considering there, Matt, either. I'm going to take the other breakout quarterback, and that's Tua Tungvaloa. I, I, I think the short-term upside of him is through the roof, and that has the that's the avenue for him, the potential for him to turn this into just a massive explosion of fantasy points over the next handful of seasons. I know Tyreek is a, isn't the longest-term option down there, but Jalen Waddle certainly is. And that offense, that coaching staff there, I'm a believer. I, I believe those guys are going to put these players in the right position for Tua to make just massive leaps, continue to do this over, over a stretch. I'll take Tua at 8, and that puts Matt on the clock at number 9. Yeah, I've got uh, Fields all the way up at quarterback six, so to get him at nine feels pretty good. I, I like I had Tua and Fields kind of back to back there, so uh, if it was, was going to be one or the other one, but Fields has shown enough now. I know he's got this this injury lingering over his head now, um, but he's shown enough to me that uh, he's going to be one of the elite rushing quarterbacks in in the uh, NFL. And for me, especially in super flex leagues, my priority number one is to acquire at least one of these guys and, and uh, more preferably, but two of them. All right, let's see if we can get you another rushing quarterback at 12 overall, Matt. But first, Ryan and I have to pick. <laughs> Ryan, who you got at number 10? Um, yeah, you know, I think in, in anytime we have these types of discussions, I think what's more important than you know burrow versus herbert or, or murray versus fields is is the tears so I, I think that's yeah. that's maybe more important where's our first tier break here is it allen and mahomes and then a tier break or does that include lamar and hertz what what are you guys thinking on that for me it's the those top four that we drafted that's okay. where the tier break is for me currently I think that's where it is for me as well. So Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, and Hertz as a tier. Yeah, and whichever and th- order you want to put them is fine with me. It just those are the top four, I think. And I think the second tier includes the next five that that were drafted: Burrow, Kyler, Herbert, Tua, Fields. Um, I agree. Yeah. All right, let me see. I don't know which if, means you're if at this a tier player, break, Ryan. <laughs> I think it probably. I think it probably does. Maybe that's why I'm. Uh, waffling and and trying to decide who to take here. I'm going to take a guy who has a ton of questions. Uh, We haven't seen him on the field yet this year. I'll take Deshaun Watson here. Uh, We don't even know if he's still going to be a a good quarterback, but he's young and he's certainly shown uh, a ton of upside on the field. So I'll go with Watson here at 10. And and really that's more of an indictment on the other guys that I considered uh, compared to uh, Watson. Yeah, I would have taken him at 11 if you wouldn't have taken him at 10, and I'm sure Matt wouldn't have passed at 12. So this seems like no. where he belongs. He, this is the this is a tear break on on players that we think could could be the quarterback one for an entire season right now. It really feels like to that. Now, now maybe there's some guys with some potential down the road, and we'll get to those names here in a minute. But you said earlier that maybe that tier ends at nine there's a lot of dynasty managers that would say no no Watson belongs in that tier as well it's only because we haven't seen him on the field in a year and a half that we say he doesn't and and we're only a couple weeks away from seeing him 
He could easily be he in the top tier. He could be in the top tier. Yeah. If, he, if he's the same guy, he's easily in the top tier. But we, I just want to see it again. You know? Yeah, so. I do too. And, you know, he, he belongs at 10. But I don't have any problem with somebody ranking him a little bit higher. I took Dak Prescott at number 11. Um, and it's kind of a safe pick because there's probably some upside choices that you could go with as well. Or at least one upside choice. I think Dak uh, is safe. Always. And he offers just a little bit of rushing upside. And he offers offers that that play those playmakers that are down there in Dallas. So I had him at eleven in my rankings, so I'm gonna take him at eleven. I, I kind of feel like this is the the eleven is the I know we've talked a lot about tier breaks, but I feel like eleven is the tier break for especially for super flex leagues. Like I want two of these top eleven guys. Everybody after this feels like uh, I mean I'll, I'm happy to start them in that QB two spot, but I'm certainly not happy to start them as my quarterback one during bye weeks. Um, but I will go with the second year other second year, other second year quarterback Trevor Lawrence here. He's shown enough that. Um, you know, I think I think the good stuff is still coming. He's he's really messed well with with Christian Kirk. He has a real coach now. Uh, he's going to get hopefully Calvin Ridley back, so he's going to have another exciting weapon in 2023. And uh, it's just going to take him a little bit longer than uh, we necessarily thought he was going to um, coming out of out of school. So Trevor Lawrence at 12 is, is I think a, a fairly easy pick. I don't know how you guys. Yeah, think yeah, he belonged there at 12. Yep. Oh. In my rankings as well. So the first round are the top 12 quarterbacks, according to the three of us. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Kyler Murray. Then at number seven, it was Justin Herbert, then Tua Tungabaloa, uh, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and Trevor Lawrence. Let's try to get through the 24th pick here real quickly. Fire through some of these picks. Ryan, you're up at 13 overall. Yeah, this is a pretty easy one for me when I look at the options. I'm going with Trey Lance here. Uh, he's the one that yeah. has upside, and most of the others don't feel like they do at this point. <laughs> that hurts so bad because I, I thought for sure I'd get him at 14. I wasn't even really considering. I mean, it's so easy to pick him there, right? Um, I mean, throw the rest of these guys after him in a giant tier and you yeah. know, just pick your favorite flavor because the rest of these guys are – you know they're all, they're all kind of the same and and, and that's why we only need to get through 13 picks and not 24 <laughs> picks i guess if i had to Lance choose Lance really is a tier of his own he really is a tier of his own and yeah, right the now, upside yeah. alone is clearly obviously all the only thing we care about there i'm going to i guess i'll dip into these veterans that are producing but go with the youngest one of the tier uh i got to take Derek Carr at 14 that Ooh. That hurts. That's disgusting. I'm really drafting uh, Devontae Adams I'm, for the next couple of years, and that, that feels good. Uh, maybe for the next couple of months. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into maybe the comeback player of the year. I'm going to take Geno Smith here. Whoa. You were poo-pooing my Derek Carr pick? I would rather have Geno Smith over Derek. Derek Carr, I, I can't remember the exact stuff on my top of my head, but he scored 25 fantasy points like exactly one time in the last two or three seasons. Like he just does not have the ceiling. I think Geno has shown that he does have the ceiling, and I think he's going to be the starter in 2023. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't feel great about it, but just he's the best of the rest, I think, at this point, strictly from a fantasy standpoint. Right. Um. 
I'm going to take. Can we can we take 2023 20, rookies? That's what no, I'm we cannot. <laughs> um, okay, I will go with a 2022 20, rookie. Then I'll take Kenny Pickett. Uh, at least he has oh, some good weapons and draft capital. Yeah, I was going to take Pickett. Uh, I guess I really don't want to take any more of these 32 plus quarterbacks right now. Uh, you either have to, or you... I feel like there's one guy that stands I, out I, here. I think I'll take Daniel Jones here, and yep, he's oh. the one that stands I, out. I, I considered him honestly at 14th overall, and like I would like we have to get a new contract in New York for for this to work out. I think, and I think there's a chance of that, but That's we're we're not sure of it just yet. If he gets the new contract in New York, he's the 14th pick in this exercise. Matt, you're up at. I think I feel like they have to. I mean, they're not going to. They're they're a good team, so they're not going to be able to get one of the the top rookies. So I mean, I feel like they they almost have to. Um, yeah, it's gross. After this, he was the <laughs> last guy that I really wanted to draft. Um, I don't really want any of these aging vets. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go absolute upside here, and it doesn't feel good, but I'm gonna take Malik oh. here in the two hundred six. <laughs> <sighs> And just hope that uh, he becomes one of these rushing quarterbacks that can at least support a fantasy team while he I was just reminded that I had pizza for lunch. Uh, Ryan, you're up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'm going to have to go the veteran route at this point. Um, So I'll go with Kirk Cousins. At least he's scoring points right now. Yeah, at except least for, he'll, except for he'll, uh, this week, he didn't score many. <laughs> at <laughs> least it, almost no, no, almost no points. Yeah, um, he, he might score more. Despite them putting up like thirty points or something, <laughs> it is weird to see a score that high and a quarterback have zero and have no points. He, he might score more points this coming week than Malik Willis does in the rest of his career. Uh, uh, I'm going with an aging guy as well. I'll take Matthew Stafford. Ay, ay, ay. Um, I mean, I would have liked to take Derek Carr here because that's where I have him in my rankings. But <laughs> no, now you want like Derek Carr. I guess, I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll take Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. See well, you can have him for the last, uh, what, six or seven games of his career. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, that's about it. I was going to say the same about Stafford, actually. Um, I will take... Um, Oh my gosh! I will take Russell Wilson. Yeah, we're just the who's who of I, who I used to be good. I'm glad that I is have a fun my last about pick Russell in, this, in this game. Fired away. Russell Wilson. Uh, prior to Week 11, quarterbacks were averaging 21 points per game against the Raiders. Russell Wilson scored t- about 10 and a half points. So if he wasn't going to do it last week, I feel like it's not happening the rest of the season. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I'm not taking any of these other clones that are currently starters in the NFL. I will not take one. So I'm going to take a backup. <laughs> you're going to pass. Yeah, I'm going to take. No, I'm going to take Jordan Love right here. Oh my gosh. Oh. Well, there's two players that I think still belong. Oh, gosh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Jimmy Garoppolo, and I feel like that's probably a little bit of a surprise. But he's played well. I think he's gonna be a starter somewhere next season. I, hopefully, it's not in San Francisco. Hopefully, Trey Lance takes that job. But I think he's played well enough to he could go somewhere and at least compete for the starting job and uh, probably be better than the second. Guys, we got to move on, but that just, that exercise speaks to the, 
just the the awfulness, awfulness. of the quarterback the, position. The Fifteen guys you want, and beyond that, it really is nobody. There's nothing left, and you're if you want upside, you have to take Jordan Love in the first two rounds, <laughs> and that <laughs> oh, that hurts. It's time to set the line. We got to do this quickly because we're running out of time. Everybody won. Everybody won last week except Matt the one time when when he said Kadarius Tony would have over 15.75 fantasy points and he got the goose. Yeah, well, he got hurt early in the second quarter, one target. Well, so come on, dude. You play. You. That's why I put that little asterisk there. So. Oh, I see. Yeah, I did oh. notice that and I wonder. <laughs> of course it was. It was yeah, you. Yeah, what's so. that worth? Yeah, that's worth, that's worth an L. Big fat an L. imaginary point. All right, so uh, Ryan and I went 2-0. Matt went 1-1. Ryan is 13-7. and I'm 10-10. and I overtook Matt. He's now 9-11. and So, Matt, who you got, what do you got for a line this week? You want to go straight to the, the new yeah. lines, or do you want to recover? Yep. Okay, we'll skip these ones that we did last week. My line for this week is, uh, where'd it go? Okay, so Russell Wilson, we're going to talk about him. Uh, He's averaged, surprisingly, 249.4 passing yards over his last five games. In week 12, he gets Carolina at home in Denver. I'm not going to go for that average, though, of 249.4, because I don't think he's going to get there. Uh, I'm going to set the line for Russell Wilson passing yards in week 12 at 225.5. Two twenty-five and a half for Russell Wilson in Week Twelve. Carolina has given up the eighteenth most passing yards to quarterbacks, and uh, what a horrible, what a horrible! Why you make us do this, Matt? Um, <laughs> Listen, I didn't want to play this game anyway, so if, if we got to do it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna get dirty with it. Get stupid with it. Um, I'm going to take the under. No analyst, no no analysis. I'm taking the under. What's what's the number? Two twenty five and a half. Passing uh, yards only. I will take the um. I'll take the over. Ooh, okay. I'm glad. I'll glad I took no the analysis. under. Um, no analysis. Yeah, skip it on that. Matt, why'd you make us <laughs> Russell do that? Russell Wilson, let's go. Uh, I'm going to go to a guy who's actually good. Um, let's talk about Tony Pollard, guys. 15 carries, 80 yards on Sunday against the Vikings. But it was all about the pass catching. Six, six catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. That's 189 total yards from scrimmage. Those two scores, they host... Uh, the New York Giants on Thursday, on Thanksgiving. The Giants are sixth best versus fantasy running backs, but just gave up four touchdowns and more than 40 fantasy points to the Detroit Lions um, running backs. Pollard scored 36.9 fantasy points. I'm going to cut that in half. 18.5 fantasy points, over or under. I like to root for over, so I'm going to go over. 
Um, Zeke Elliott came out of that game a little banged up. Uh, he's back to being uh, iffy for next week, especially with the short turnaround. Uh, the Giants have only given up 18 and a half fantasy points in three games this year. Uh, or two, three players this year, I should say. Um, I'm going to go over as well. I, I just, I'm going to stick with the, the hot hand of Tony Pollard. Oh, I hope you both take it now. Uh, let's see. Let's... I, I, I think from now on, we need to have Ryan go first always because he's the leader. So we ha- we need the opportunity to take mm, That's a good contract. I agree. Two to one, Ryan. For now on, you, you all are to... terrible. <laughs> <laughs> What's your line, you Ryan? Made these actual bets because you've done well. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going with the Thanksgiving theme here. Of course, that's coming up this Thursday. And one of the best parts of that day is the football that we get to watch. Uh, we've got some big name receivers going that day. Uh, Justin Jefferson plays the New England Patriots. C.D. Lamb versus the Giants. And Stefan Diggs against the Detroit Lions. Uh, combined, those three players average 287 and a half receiving yards per week uh, the three of them total so that is the number for the three of those guys on thanksgiving day jefferson lamb and Diggs combined for 287 and a half receiving yards yeah jefferson's a little bit banged up but this is the big this is the the spotlight right these games everybody in the country is watching these football games and these these guys are all players they're going to come out swinging I'm taking the over. In fact, Diggs might get this by himself. I should play contrary to Dan, but I'm going to take the over as well. I think that's almost a lock. Yeah, you should have set that one a little higher, it feels like, there, Ryan. But but maybe you'll give us both an L. We'll find out. Let's hear from the listeners. It's time for the question of the week. All the listeners are asking right now. Every single one of them out there. It's Thanksgiving. It's only a few days away. Uh, Who's the one player we are thankful for this season? Matt, you got a guy you're thankful for? I do. I am very thankful for Amari Cooper, who's currently the wide receiver 14. I'm thankful for him when he's playing at uh, home. Except for Sunday, he scored a touchdown on the road, didn't he? Yeah, he played as long or a neutral. Field. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah neutrals, okay, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so wide receiver fourteen currently. I mean, he was down in August at. Uh, I had it pulled up here. It was wide receiver thirty four and ADP back in August. I bought him for a late second in multiple places. I could not be more happy with how that has paid off. Cheap wide receiver production. He's going to be, I think, twenty nine in the maybe before the season starts or something early in next season, something like that. Um, so I think we still have another couple of years of, of decent production out of him. He's got about to get a quarterback upgrade. He's done all of this with Jacoby Brissett, who also has played out of his mind and hopefully has a job next year. Um, but I'm very thankful for Amari Cooper and his cheap wide receiver, close close to wide receiver one production. Mostly. Yeah, he's been, he's been good. I'm thankful for Amari Cooper as well. Uh, Ryan, the, the resident anything right for Amari uh, uh, guy on the podcast, I imagine you're, you have plenty of Amari shares. You're pretty thankful for him as well. Yeah, I, lo- I love the uh, Amari bounce back this year. Um, both my guys, Amari and Juju, both coming back strong this year. Yeah. So it's, it's been good for me and, and my fantasy teams. But, uh, 
Yeah, I went with uh, I went with a different guy here. With Travis. Let's Kelsey, wait for yours because is... let's wait. Oh, oh okay. too late. Too late. He said. I was gonna say when when this question was posed, I yeah. thought Kelsey's the guy. That's the guy we're all thankful. And then Matt, y- when you finished your Ryan Amari Cooper analysis, you said Ryan took my guy. So we all really said your guy, Ryan. He's he's the guy we're thankful for uh, as a podcast. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean it, it's hard to pick anybody else, despite so many uh, so many players having great years, having breakout years. Travis Kelsey is just dominating again. Uh, Two hundred twenty three fantasy points. He's the tight end one, obviously, on the season. There is an eighty nine point two fantasy point gap from tight end one to tight end two. Mark Andrews. That is the same gap. Uh, the tight end one to tight end two gap is the same as from tight end two, Mark Andrews, to tight end 34, Logan Thomas. Oh so the gap gosh. is the same from Great one to two that. as it is from two to 34. Uh, and, and you know, this is nothing new, obviously, for Kelsey. I had to look back at really his entire career and specifically the past six years. Uh, Kelsey has played 73 games. Uh, over the past six and six seasons, five and a half seasons, he has been the overall tight end one in 15 games. 17% of his games, he's been the overall tight end one. He's been outside of the top, um, outside of the top 12, I'm sorry, 16 games, outside of the top 12, 15 times. So essentially he is more likely in a given week to be the overall tight end one than he is to be outside of the top 12. Uh, He's been a top three tight end, 46% of his games over the past six years. He's been a top five tight end, 61% of his games. And he's been a tight end one, a top 12 tight end, 83% of his games over the past six seasons. Just uh, you can't buy him. You no. can't buy him. Like, you, there's no price that you can pay because he's on a he's on a contending team. And right. I would assume in 99.9 percent of the leagues. And I have sent offers, including multiple first rounds and young tight ends. And uh, you can't you can't you can't get this guy. So he's he's the he's the easy answer. Yeah, he's the easy answer. I love that answer, and we're all thankful for Travis Kelsey. And I I think at this time next year, and maybe the year after that, we're still going to be thankful for Travis Kelsey. Yeah. He's one of them tight ends. That that just can do it for a long, long time and will continue to. Um, he's like Tony Gonzalez. He'll just keep doing it. The last guy we're thankful for, or at least I am, guys, it's Austin Eckler. And, you know, on this show, we are a dynasty podcast. We, we talk about young players. We talk about these guys that are 22, 23, 24, 25 years old. And this was an opportunity for all of us to talk about a guy that's a little later in his career that's producing. Amari Cooper, he's a little older. Travis Kelsey, he certainly is as well. Austin Eckler, guys, is a guy that we don't talk about nearly enough for his consistency, for his big playability, for all that upside week in and week out. And hes I'm so thankful that I have Austin Eckler, although I play in a contract league and he is he's holding out on me, a salary cap league. <laughs> I can't roll a damn 10. 
Uh, he's been an RB1 seven times. And if you remember early on in the season, we were kind of concerned, right? He wasn't getting all the workload there in Los Angeles. Well, that turned around quick. He's been an RB1 seven times. He's been the RB1 overall three times in ten games. How many How many running backs out there are 70% on finishing in the top 12? This week, he was kind of down there. It, it was kind of a look. Tough week for Austin Eckler. He was only the RB10 this week. We can count on him every week to put up big numbers. And even when the opposing defense decides, let's shut down that rushing game, he's going to catch seven, eight, nine, ten balls and create that floor that we're excited about. He's getting the the goal line work, even though we were worried about that earlier in the season. Man, Austin Eckler, he's he belongs in the Fantasy Hall of Fame because... Not only does he put up the points for us all, he's a backer of fantasy football players out there. Go follow Austin Eckler. He's awesome. He's he's a guy that loves and fantasy. He's, he's on pace to break the – he's going to break the rece- running back rece- receptions record. He he's might shatter it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, was it, 114, 115, something like that for McCaffrey? He's on pace, I think, for 120. Yeah. he he. The way those run, those wide receivers keep getting hurt, he might catch 150. So, <laughs> uh, from all of us at the DLF Dynasty Podcast, happy Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoy the food. We hope you enjoy the friends and family. And we, we certainly hope you enjoy the football. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.